right. Sunscreen, mosquito repellent, Game Boy, and one mixtape of everyone's favorite songs of the summer 1991 edition. I think that's everything. Morning, Michael. Uh, going somewhere? Yeah, I'm going to Kendra's house. Kendra's? Yeah. The 4th of July get-together I told you about last month? Did you forget? Oh, yeah. I guess I did. Dad, is something wrong? No, not at all. I just thought maybe we'd get to spend some time together today. You just got back from the Philippines last night, and... Now you're already running off again. Yeah, but it's the 4th of July. My first summer with actual friends. I don't want to miss out on that. You'll be back tonight for the fireworks at Navy Pier, though, right? Well, I wasn't planning on it. Oh, okay. I have the day off, so... Uh, never mind. You're right. Have a good time, alright? Wait. I'll stay. I was just excited about hanging out with everyone. I forgot that we always go to Navy Pier on the 4th together. It's our tradition. No, no, it's okay. Look, you just turned 16. It might be time you started to make your own traditions. Well, you know, you could come with me to Kendra's. Every time I invite you, you always have to work. It's the 4th. Today, you have no excuse. Really? You sure you want your old man cramping your style all day? <laughs> of course. There'd be a distinct lack of embarrassing stories flying around without you. You still haven't met Kendra's parents yet, and Doc's gonna be there too. Doc's coming too? Oh, big crowd. Yeah, it'll be fun. Okay then, you've got yourself a deal. You know, you seem a lot happier. It's nice to see. <laughs> I am. Everything just feels right at the moment. For the first time in... Well... Ever. <laughs> yeah. I'll get it. It's probably Mackenzie. Guess who? Mac! Oh my god, it's so good to see you! How was your trip to Ireland? You don't even want to know. I am so over my family right now. Well, that sounds intense. Well, hey, Mackenzie! Uh, hey, Miss Sandra. Hi, Mr. Ken. Welcome back. So how was your family vacation this year? <laughs> I was just telling Kendra here how great everything was and how I can't wait until the next one. How was y'all's trip? It was phenomenal. It wasn't Ireland like yours, but visiting my cousins in Louisiana is always the best time. Where are Britt and Diane? They will be joining us, right? Oh, well, they just left not long ago to take Gavin back to College Station. They said they'd try. Why is your brother going back to school already? It's the 4th of July. Right. Is he taking summer classes? Let's just say her name is Samantha. <laughs> say no more. Well, hopefully your parents will make it back before all my award-winning barbecue is gone. <laughs> Lord, he wins fourth prize at the state fair and thinks he's big time. You always leave out that I won fourth place three years in a row. <laughs> oh, come on out to the pool, Mackenzie. We'll be out in a sec. Mac and I have lots of catching up to do before Dewan and Michael get here. All right. Well, make yourself at home. Thank you. So, Michael's coming over, huh? What's that supposed to mean? His dad's working in Austin again for the summer, so we invited him over. You knew that. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, it's just weird how you two suddenly became best buds out of nowhere. You know, that's all. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you all spent, like, two days with each other while everyone else was sick, and now he's all you ever talk about. 
You sure there's nothing more between you two you're not telling me? <laughs> Over-exaggerate much? Newsflash, it was almost two months, and for your information, he's practically the brother I never wanted. Uh-huh. I know you, Kendra Nichols. You're hiding something. <laughs> well, there is nothing going on between me and Michael. It's kind of sad. We're like the only friends he's ever had. That's hard to believe. I mean, he's such a likable guy. I keep telling him that, but he thinks he has a hard time connecting with people because of his Asperger's syndrome. <laughs> well, he is kind of quirky, but aren't we all? Exactly. Well, with all of our family trips finally out of the way, the four of us have two whole months to hang out until summer's over. <laughs> yes! This summer is gonna be great! Bargo Productions presents Luca de Samia, starring Maya Doliol as Kendra Nichols, Alistair Cato as Michael Fahm, Bradley Gareth as Brayden Fields, and Vinay P. Nariani as Dr. Sanjay Padaki. Devaros, creator of this podcast, and this is season two, episode one, entitled July 4, 1991. Tonight on News 11, we'll have an update on the five alarm blaze that torched an apartment complex in East Austin, leaving dozens homeless. And we'll have live coverage of the annual 4th of July festival at Auditorium Shores. I'm Donna Rutledge. I'll have all of that and more tonight at 10. You have reached Dr. Sanjay Padaki. Please leave a brief message, and I'll return your phone call expeditiously. Doc, Braden Fields here. There's something important I'd like to talk to you about. I'm following a few leads on a new story and could surely use your help. Call me or stop by my house as soon as you can. God, I really can't stand my family sometimes. It's like they worship the ground Gavin walks on. I'm actually happy they're not here right now because I don't think I could stand looking at them. I'm so glad I have you to talk to about this, Kendra. Of course. You've been there for me more times than I can even count this year alone. Your boyfriend's here. <laughs> Shut up. He's not my boyfriend. Keep telling yourself that. Well, if it's Dewan, does it mean your boyfriend's here? Oh, touche. Okay, we're even. <laughs> Hi. Michael! Mr. Rick, you came! Come on in! You took a taxi? Nice touch. Yeah. We couldn't let Mackenzie know I teleported my dad here. I thought I heard the doorbell. Hey, Michael. Happy Fourth of July. Thank you. You gonna introduce your dear old dad to your friends? Oh, uh, hey, everyone. I would like to introduce you to my dad, Rick. Dad, you already know Kendra, but these are her parents. Mr. Ken and Miss Sandra. And this is one of my friends, Mackenzie. Hello, everyone. Hey, Rick. It is so lovely to finally meet you. Likewise. Michael's told me so much about all of you. This is a beautiful home you've got here. Thank you. Well, 
Let's get this party started then. We brought some pop. I mean, Coke. I forget we're in Texas. Oh, thank you. You didn't have to bring anything but your appetite. I'll take these out back to the pool. Sandra, why don't you show them around? Of course. Come on, Rick. I'll give you the grand tour. Brayden. Doc, come in. Oh, happy fourth. I forgot it was a holiday. I'm sorry. Did I take you away from your plans? Uh, not for the moment. I plan to spend some time with Kendra's family a little later. I'm fine for now. Your message sounded urgent. Everything okay? Yeah, fine. Um, have a seat. I actually wanted to talk business with you. Business? Yeah. I'm preparing for my first primetime special, which, as you know, will involve me interviewing all sorts of people during my investigations. I do. But, uh, what does that have to do with me? Well, the network wants to hire a psychiatrist to analyze the behaviors of these individuals to sort of gauge their mental states before airing footage of them. We don't want to be accused of exploiting vulnerable people not entirely rooted in reality. Ah, got it now. Would you like me to make a recommendation? Actually, Doc, um, <clears throat> I figured since you and I already have history working together on the Fizenica piece that landed me this new job in the first place. <laughs> While the offer sounds intriguing, I can't risk being on camera or having my name in the credits. You know my backstory. Plus, I already have my practice. Yeah, and I've already thought of that. <laughs> All of it. You see, the gig wouldn't be full-time. Just a random video here and there, or when you're free, observing a live interview. Off-screen, of course. And as for the credits, they plan to use a blanket statement about having licensed psychiatrists review all content before it airs. I see. Tell me about this story you're working on. Well, there have been some strange disappearances in the area that you might have heard about. People between the ages of 18 and 25 are dropping everything. Their education, families, jobs. Only leaving behind letters with roughly the same message about going off to a better place. Yes, I've read about this in The Statesman. Oh, good. <laughs> so what's your take on it? Honestly, I haven't given it much thought outside of the fact that it's rather peculiar. But haven't the authorities already concluded that no crimes had been committed since they were all adults and left on their own accord? That's correct. But the mystery is what the American people are interested in. And since the cops aren't doing anything, this is where investigative journalism comes in. Understood. I've managed to track down the mother of one of the people who disappeared, and she's agreed to meet me at 2.30. She said she'd only talk to me off camera and off the record, so if you're interested... Very intriguing indeed. Maybe this could serve as a trial to see if I'd want to do this long term. Sure, I'll come along. But what about your plans with Kendra's family? Ah, their 4th of July gathering usually goes well into the night. I'll tell them I'll be a little late. Mind if I use your phone? Sure, go right ahead. So how was your time in the Philippines for your birthday? It was good, actually. My grandmother tried feeding me a year's worth of food in a two-week time frame. <laughs> My grandmother did the exact same thing to us in Ireland. I think that's something grandmothers just like to do. Did she ever dig up any clues on how you might be able to get in touch with your grandparents on your bio dad's side? Nothing. All she knows is they'd be about 60 years old or so and still somewhere in Vietnam. She hasn't seen them since they were here for my mom's funeral in 1979. In fact, that was the last time I saw them, too. And I barely remember them. Wow. Uh, some info's gotta turn up eventually. I hope so. I mean, don't get me wrong, my current dad is great. But I went into that facility not knowing I'd never... Uh, 
never mind. I'm I'm rambling again. Hey guys, sorry about that. My dad needed some help with something. But my mom sent more lemonade. <laughs> Thanks. Was that Dwan on the phone? No, it was Doc. He's not going to be here until later, it seems. He got caught up with something, but I tried calling Dwan, though. The answering machine picked up. He's got to be on his way. How's my dad doing in there? Good. He's bonding with my parents. I'm so glad they finally met. Good. That's good. I was a little nervous for him, actually. Nervous? How come? Well, as much as he used to get on me for never leaving the house, he's a bit of a lone wolf himself and doesn't interact with people much outside of work. He doesn't even have family. Really? I never knew that. He grew up in foster care like me, only he was never adopted. After he aged out of the system, he made a life for himself, but he doesn't have friends or anything like that. It's always just been the two of us. Well, you're not a lone wolf anymore, Michael. You've got us now. Oh, thanks. So, anything fun happened after I left for Ireland? Not really. Oh, uh, Dewan's dad somehow got us tickets to see Whitney Houston on June 5th. Front row. Uh, Shut up, really? Uh, Yeah, she was at Frank Irwin. It was Michael's first concert. Oh my god, how'd you like it? I mean, outside of the loud noise and tons of people, it was pretty okay. (laughs) Just okay? Don't listen to him, Mac. It was amazing. She did all the hits and the new stuff. I guess you're not much of a Whitney fan. Her songs are fine. He talked more about the technical specs of the stage and the show itself afterward. (laughs) This guy. (laughs) What? Knock, knock. Hey, guys. Dewan! It's about time. Sorry I'm late. Where were you? The Avalon. The Avalon? Are we not fun enough for you? I wasn't there to have fun. Crystal's sister Claire is missing. Crystal? The last student council president? Yeah, that's why I'm late. I had to hang these missing person flyers up. What? Let me see that. What happened? No one knows. She's just missing. Well, sort of. Come on, Dwan. She's either missing or she's not. Well, she left a weird letter behind telling her family not to look for her and that she was going to a better place. So she's not technically missing since she told them she was leaving. But her family doesn't know where she's gone. Nor, why she just up and left? That is odd. And this sounds just like the other disappearances. What other disappearances? Something else happened while you were gone, Mac. Right before we left for Louisiana, the newspaper did a big story about people going missing all year long. And they all left letters behind, just like Claire's. Only it's still happening. And now in our own backyard. So, here we are. Anything else I should know before we head inside? No, I'm pretty sure I covered everything. All right. I'll follow your lead. Look, there is one more thing. His mother... It seems like she's holding something back. In what way? The conversation just feels, uh... I don't know... uh, Careful. It's hard to explain. Tell me if you notice anything. May I help you? Mrs. Hunter... Who wants to know? Brayden Fields. We spoke on the phone earlier. Oh, yes, of course. Come in. This is the staff psychiatrist I told you would be joining me. How do you do? Fine. I'd like to find my son. That's all. Please have a seat. May I get you some tea or coffee? Piece of cherry cake? No, thanks. I'm fine. Doc? I'm quite all right. Thank you for the offer. Sure. So, what can you tell me about your son's disappearance? 
well, it's just like all the others in that newspaper article, I suppose. Damien just stopped answering my calls one day, out of the blue, even though I've given him everything he's wanted his whole life. I even let him live in his father's condo near campus rent-free. His father's condo? Yes, his father was a professor at the University of Texas until the day he died. We have a second property, a, a condo near campus that he lived in four nights a week while he was teaching. He claimed it was so he didn't have to drive all the way back home after lecturing all day. <laughs> but he was probably cheating on me with one of his students. The old bastard. Was Damien close to his father? Oh, he loved his father. He hates my guts, though. Always did. His father hated me, too. Is the condo where you found the letter? Yes, it was. Like I was saying, Damien stopped calling me. So out of concern, I went to check on him and found a tape to the front door. And not inside? Um, others who have disappeared left letters in less conspicuous places than the front door. Well, Damien taped his letter right on the front door for anyone to see it. Knowing him, he probably wanted someone else to find it first. Just to embarrass me. Embarrass you? What exactly did the letter say? Exactly what the others said. That he was leaving all his worldly possessions behind and going to a better place where he could finally be free. <laughs> yeah, free from his mother, no doubt. <laughs> the only person who's ever truly cared about him. Did you and Damien have some sort of falling out prior to his disappearance? I mean, if you'd like to call it that, but that's nothing new. He and I have had our differences for quite some time now, but not always. When he was younger, oh, he was the perfect little boy. He adored his mother, and I adored him, you know, despite him being a little different. I thought he'd grow out of it, but once he started high school, his mission in life was to get under my skin. And it's only gotten worse. In what way? Damien changed once he moved out and started going to UT a couple years ago. Changed? He started doing whatever he wanted without a care in the world about how it would make me look. I gave him everything, and he has shown me zero loyalty. Hmm. Care to share any examples? No. I refuse to speak on any of his transgressions. None of that would help you find him anyway. Well, you never know. What if he got caught up with the wrong crowd? Oh, that he did. Damien doesn't have any of the same friends from high school. No. In college, he runs with a very... <laughs> different crowd. Different in, uh, what way? Many ways. But different as in new, I suppose. You know, I know of them, but I couldn't tell you any of their names. I wouldn't want to know them in the first place. Do you still have that letter Damien left you by any chance? No. I... threw it away. After the police said there was nothing they could do to find him, I... Well, I got rid of it. No need having a reminder that your only child despises you. I can't believe Claire would just leave home like that? And all she left behind was a letter? Yeah, and all her stuff. I mean, she took a bunch of clothes, but left everything else behind. Have her parents contacted the police? Yeah, but they said it's not a crime for an adult child to move out of the house. Well, I guess they're right, if you put it that way. This is just so bizarre. 
Think we might be able to find her? Who? Claire? Yeah. Hmm. We could try, but where would we even begin to look? Right. Let's talk more about this when we're alone. Man, I'm so glad y'all are back. I was holding down the fort all by myself the past week. You didn't hang out at the Avalon? We were obviously the first family back from vacation this year because literally no one was there. Well, we're all back now. <laughs> Let's go tomorrow. Wanna meet there at noon? So what's your take on Mrs. Hunter? Interesting character. <laughs> Tell me about it. Is it me or does it almost feel like she doesn't want to know where her son is? Oh, she wants to know where he is but not for the reasons you'd expect. What do you mean? I'd, of course, need to do a full evaluation to know for sure. But in the two hours we were inside, I could clearly see signs of a few mental health disorders. She's happiest when she has what her brain perceives as control over Damien. Not knowing where he is breaks that perception. It means he is the one in control, and she simply cannot cope. She did seem to almost get a high when she spoke about anything she could hold over Damien's head and was utterly dismissive of all the things he does that she disapproves of. Which sounds like just about everything. She's clearly using us to investigate since the cops have no reason to suspect the crime, but Doc, I don't want to help her. Then what should we do with this key she gave us to the condo Damien was living in? I don't know. If we find something, it's bound to put her back in the driver's seat, and I definitely don't want that. I understand your dilemma, but if Damien is with everyone else who has disappeared, Something he left behind might lead you directly to them. Then I'll have myself a story. Looks like we're here. Number 151. Look at these scuff marks on the door, Doc. It looks like someone kicked it repeatedly. But there's no damage to the door frame, so whoever it was didn't get in. This deadbolt and doorknob. They look brand new. And so does this key Demian's mom gave us, now that you mention it. <laughs> Just as I suspected. It looks to me that Damien had every intention of coming back here. To me as well. He was in the middle of a research paper, it seems. The Effects of the Gulf War on American Society, dated June 3rd, 1991. I guess he was enrolled in the summer semester. Hmm. The latest postmark on this mail is June 2nd, so we know he was here at least four weeks ago. When did she say she found the letter on the door? A week and a half ago. And when was the last time she said she saw him? Months. Why? Did you find something in that wastebasket? Yeah, it's the packaging for a new deadbolt and doorknob set. And the receipt is dated June 4th the day after he started this research paper. The only way Mrs. Hunter could have had the key to this brand new lock is if Mommy Dearest herself had the locks changed. This would mean that Damien left all his possessions behind because he had no choice. Uh, the scuff marks on the door were probably from the poor kid wanting to get in here to get his stuff. Damn it! Doc, we've been played. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. She clearly changed the lock as some power play, but Damien's whereabouts are currently unknown. She wouldn't have given us this level of access if she knew where he was. You're right. She said we could keep anything we thought might help us find Damien. Let's just keep looking around here for any clues, and we'll call it a day. It's getting late. The fireworks will be starting soon. And who wants more apple pie? Or more of my award-winning barbecue? <laughs> oh my god. 
I think we might be stuffed. Uh, I second that. But everything was so delicious, Sandra and Kenneth. Thanks for having us over. I see why Michael talks nonstop about all of you. Michael's a great kid. You should be proud. Thank you. I am proud. Dad, I'm right here. Has anyone heard from Dr. Padaki? He should have been here by now. He's never been this late. Oh, sorry. He called earlier and said he'd be late and to not wait on him. Something came up. Well, I hope everything's okay. He sounded fine, but did y'all hear about Claire Rodriguez? You mean Carla and Calvin's daughter? Yeah. What about her? She disappeared while we were in Louisiana. <gasps> no. Like that story in the Statesman from before we left. Yeah. I'm gonna have to call them. Her parents must be worried sick about her. That family is so close. I'm really intrigued by this situation with Claire. So am I, but I'm also a little worried. About what? What if she's in danger or being held against her will? I guess we'll find out when we find her. That sounded confident. If we can take down Big Pharma, we can definitely find a missing 20-something-year-old. Well, it's not much, but I think we have everything interesting. Do you think any of this stuff we're taking will turn out to be relevant to your investigation? I sure hope so. But I'll do a deeper dive tomorrow. I think I've had enough of this story for the day. And I should probably head to Kendra's house, but I could certainly use a drink. I never took you for the drinking type. Why's that? I don't know. You just seem kind of stuffy. Stuffy? Yeah. You're always wearing your suits and your ties. <laughs> Get out of here. I'll tell you what. Let's stop at that bar near your house for a drink, and then I'll head to Kendra's. Sounds good. Sounds like the fireworks are starting. So they are. My dear friends, on this day of independence, I want to talk to you about the hypocrisy of freedom. You see, you've all been sold a lie. All your lives you were told that freedom means the ability to do whatever you want whenever you want. Unalienable rights, I think is what they call it. But in reality, this so-called freedom has only led to chaos and destruction. We live in a world where the strong will prey on the weak and where love and compassion are politicized to the point that no one in this country knows what it truly means to be free. We cannot be deceived by the false idols of democracy and individualism. These are all empty promises designed to enslave you, enslave us to a system that does not care. But it's not just the system that has failed us. Our families have failed us. The people we thought were our friends failed us. Everyone has turned their backs on us when we needed them the most. But I love each and every one of you. And I hope over time, you'll be able to say the same. I plan on guiding you to a better way. A way of true community, of solidarity, of sacrifice for the greater good. Let us celebrate this day of independence not by waving flags and shooting off fireworks, but by dedicating ourselves to the only true path to freedom. Together, we will create a new world, a world of peace, of justice, of love, a world where we are truly free. Wow, that was amazing. The fireworks only seem to get better every year. Well, keeping with tradition, you know what's about to happen now. 
<laughs> yes, and all of you are going down this year. Come on, Rick. I hope you sing. Oh, I'll have you know I can hold a tune. Okay. Well, then get ready. What's about to happen? The karaoke showdown. Winner takes home top prize. $100. But I don't sing. Oh, my God. <gasps> Did y'all feel that? Feel it? Uh, I think we saw it, too. It looks like there was some sort of power surge. Whatever that was, it must have freaked Buster out. I'll go check on him. We'll come with you. I haven't heard him bark like this in a while. Do you think something's wrong? No, that's definitely his excited bark. He usually only ever does it if he hasn't seen me for a while. What if Doc might be outside? No. It sounds like Buster wants in the guest bedroom for some reason. Buster, what's the matter? Calm down, boy. It's okay. There's definitely something in that room he wants. Wait a second. Do you guys hear that? Yeah, it sounds like someone is crying in there. Was anyone else here in the house? No, it's just us. Uh, maybe one of the neighbors wandered in accidentally? Let's find out. Whoever that is sounds terrified. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello? Where am I? I want my mommy and daddy. Please, can you help me? Oh, my God. Kendra, who is that? Uh, she looks exactly like you. That's because it is me. This episode was written by Rick DeBarros. It starred Maya Doliol as Kendra Nichols, Alistair Cato as Michael Fahm, Bradley Gareth as Brayden Fields, and Vinay P. Nariani as Dr. Sanjay Padaki. It featured Dexter Howard as Joshua, Blair Green Osako as Young Kendra, Gary Gibbs as Kenneth, Sheila Morris as Sandra, Maganda Marie as Mackenzie, Jared J. Lee as Dewan, Jordan Kalina as Rick, Chelsea Krause as Mrs. Hunter, and Tamika Diaz as Donna Rutledge. Casting was by Jennifer Rausch and Robert Garza. The original theme song was composed by Yakov Svechkovich and remixed for season two by Elgin Thrower Jr. More information about this podcast, including links to the enhanced visual version, can be found at luciddreamspodcast.com. Copyright 2024, Bargo Productions.